Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Have you covered this new Joe Biden clip? (laughs) (laughs) The the clip in question apparently was taken at a community college. First of all, before you do the reveal on the clip, I just want to, anybody who's listening, don't let your kids near politicians, particularly Joe <laughs> Biden. Guy, yeah, Please stop true. doing that. Like, I mean, pref- pre- preferably keep your kids away from government employees of all kinds. Right. But if they have some sort of, even if it's an unfounded reputation of like being weird around children, like just don't allow them around them. I don't under like they're a bad influence. Uh, it doesn't matter whether they are a toucher, a child toucher like Joe Biden uh, is and a sniffer. Uh, or just you know your typical warmongering sick politician. These the, do not let your kids near these people. Don't bring your kids near a, a judge. Don't bring them near the cops. Don't bring them near politicians. These people are dangerous. Yeah, but if I don't offer a human sacrifice to Joe Biden, how will we ever defeat Trump? So the story here comes from a young gentleman, Colin Dalmeida, who is apparently. With the Turning Point USA organization, which, as I understand, is like a conservative young persons group of some sort. Yeah. Uh, they, I think they've got some college groups or whatever. Anyway, he's at Irvine Valley Community College and manages to get right next to Joe Biden while Joe is leaning in to talk to a young lady who looks fairly young, but she's I presume she's a college girl. Uh, she's at the uh, one would assume. Yeah, she's at the community college, and her and her friend are kind of mugging for a camera with Joe Biden right behind him, and that's that's where the clip starts. So let's go ahead and play this for you. They're clearly having a photograph taken. She's smiling. Looks like she's excited to be there. My daughter and granddaughters. No serious guys in your thirty. Okay. No what? No serious guys in your thirty. I'll keep that in mind. And then he just kind of leans in on her and grabs her by yeah, the, the the shoulder. creepy the creepy part is when he like he he's standing directly behind her mm-hmm. puts both hands one on each shoulder from behind I don't think you can tell where the other hand is well it, that's what it looked like to me when okay. I saw it uh, but at any rate then sort of just leans over uh, you know with like controlling her by her shoulders or mm-hmm. whatever and leans over into her ear and says this thing about no serious guys until you're thirty. It's not the first time he said that either. Like, well, he says he gave that same advice to his granddaughters and yeah, daughters. daughters and granddaughters, right? Yeah. So, what does that mean exactly, though, Mister Biden? Like, what are you? Well, I like, just want you to be sexually available for you know as long as I find you attractive. <laughs> That's what it sounds like, right? I mean, could this be any more creepy? Well, it I could just be. don't want you to have like a male protector around. Is that so wrong? Yeah, I think it could be more creepy. Um, You're but, probably right. But yeah, he, he definitely sounds like he's encouraging this young woman to be promiscuous and to involve herself until with, a minimum of age 30. Yeah, to involve herself with <laughs> men who are not going to take a relationship with her seriously. But as many abortions as possible. This seems like terrible advice. I wouldn't trust Joe Biden, Donald Trump, 
uh, Barack Obama, any of the presidents that have been you know, in the chair, if you will, since I've been alive. I wouldn't trust any of them around my children. I don't have any, but if I did, you know, I wouldn't trust them around. Well, your I don't children. trust them around anyone's children. Yeah, no, no, your exactly. children, like anybody's. I'd be like, oh, children, please of get all away. Ages, abscond, 80, whatever. Abscond from these filthy people. He's either going to touch them or sniff them or worse or possibly send them to die in a war overseas. Yeah. Like whichever way it goes, mm. it's not going to be good. E, all of the above. It could be all of the above. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so I did just I for the the record, I pulled up the other clip that has been going around within the last 24 hours. This is him, I believe, actually at the same event. So the college was in Irving, California. Mm-hmm. This is, you can tell in the background, this is also in Irving, California. This is from his speech. I married up. I was one of those guys that my whole life, I've been surrounded by women who've taken care of me. Maybe they're smarter than I am. My younger sister used to be three years younger than me. Now she's 23 years younger. Huh? Is that that is not how aging works, Joe? <laughs> is he making a joke about women lying about their age? Maybe uh, could it, be. Like, I don't know. There's a little more here. It's a very generous interpretation. A single solitary Biden man that is as old, younger than any Biden woman. And uh, okay, so he's saying that Biden men have a taste for younger women. And hey, there's there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. I think that to some extent is is the way of the world. Yeah. Uh, but he's... Well, hold on. If there is not a single solitary Biden man who is younger than any Biden wi- woman, mm-hmm. so Hunter is older than Jill, oh. and I gotta say, he looks amazing. Right? Yeah. You have to what? take you have to take the youngest Biden woman, and then go. Okay, all of the Biden men are older than that. Oh no! But... I, I I thought he was saying like there's not a single solitary <laughs> Biden male that is younger than any biden female well no he, he, i don't think he was being clear obviously. we should really start putting crack in the old diet because it's doing wonders for hunter <laughs> yeah. i mean he's older than jill look at that guy <sighs> he wasn't being clear i'm pretty sure what he means is in a couple all of the biden men oh in you, a given you couple are the older you mean he hasn't the, proven to be able to do math no. captain context is here yeah, I wanted to pass along some information. A lot of people don't know about this, but there's these things, these guys called First Amendment auditors. Yeah, they, they we have one uh, on the show. We have one pretty regularly. Yeah. Uh, he's moved out of the Keene area, so he's not coming on as often. But Joa from Breaking the Flaw lives in New Hampshire. Okay. Uh, we've had uh, Press NH Now, right. who recently defeated a disorderly conduct and obstructing government administration charge at trial. Uh, he yeah. has been on our show a couple times. But yeah, go ahead. What about him? Well, um, just to let people know, they go into public buildings, just walk right. around videoing the place, hoping that someone will interfere with their freedom of the press. Sure. And eventually, it seems like a lot of people end up calling the police, but they do go and, and videotape other things like outside, um, mm-hmm. whether it's prisons or police stations or just some other, maybe some contractors of the government. Anyway, right. eventually, eventually the police show up and start um, asking them what they're doing there and that kind of thing. And they just say, well, it's just videotaping. Of course, they use terms like terms like taping and filming. I think that's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. old but, terms. But anyway. Uh, kind of have to if you're going to speak legalese. Well, and also people yeah. still use the term dial for, you know, when they're calling somebody. Nobody yeah. actually dials. Anything. Well, <laughs> eventually, these, these cops will start demanding ID. And mm-hmm. so 
um, it's, that's the whole objective is to not only educate the people on um, why they should be allowed allowed to video, but not having to show their ID. So it turns out that in most states, there are only three circumstances under which you have to show an ID. Mm-hmm. That is, number one, if you have committed a crime, if you're known to have committed a crime, or you are in the process of committing a crime, or you are about to commit a crime. Mm-hmm. Any other situation is unlawful, but most people don't know that, and so the cops tend to intimidate you and beat you into doing that stuff. So, yeah, and it so. is good that you pointed out, Jet, that there are different rules about this in different states. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not giving legal advice. You may want to check your local attorneys and find out exactly what it is there. Um, as I understand it, that is true, what you said, in some number of states. In others, there may be a stop and identify statute to where maybe you don't have to show ID per se, but you may have to, depending on which state it is, you may have to identify yourself to uh, to an officer, depending on circumstances, depending on the state. They obviously have lawyers and all that kind of thing at the ready. But mm-hmm. but I wanted to cover also the thing about being stopped while you're so-called driving. Um, you know, they pull you over with license, registration, uh, proof of insurance, that kind of thing. Right. Well, a lot of a lot of these guys these days are using the term uh, "I don't answer questions." Right. Um, I don't. I don't like that as much as some of the other responses I'm saw, I've seen. Like one guy said, "I'm not saying." <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Or it's none of your business. Or the, the one I use all the time is it's not important because I've been stopped several times. Oh, that's pretty good. Walking around, I just it's not important, and and they seem to accept that. I I but, was on board with the I'm like the phrase that I would use is I'm sorry officer but I don't answer questions. Right? Yes, I'd give yeah. them my license and you know intro, whatever they're asking for, right? Yeah, that's you know, a good but, one. But, but you know I I would say that specific phrase I'm sorry officer but I don't answer questions. They you know they look in my seat they're like, "Oh, what's in the bag?" <laughs> I'm sorry officer, I don't answer yeah. questions. If there's anything you can train about, yourself to do when it comes to the police is use that response as like an automatic response because the police have a way of tricking people like mm-hmm. it's the yeah. human it's sort of human nature to talk right like oh mm-hmm. this person's asking me a question i'm a good person i will answer the question yep. because mm-hmm. this is just another human being well in this case this is a human being but they want to put you in a cage they're yeah. looking for reasons to put you in handcuffs exactly. they're looking for reasons to write you a ticket they want to oppress you and they need you to, to talk yourself into these tickets so the more you but say would- to them the more dangerous it is the closer you become to being arrested the safest words i've ever heard these guys say is what you're saying captain is i don't answer questions just have that one down i would add i would add just a little bit to that rather than just saying i don't answer questions i don't answer stupid questions (laughs) or i don't answer silly questions (laughs) you know like like well if you're trying to piss off the cop yeah that's great (laughs) yeah i think i mean if that's if that's what you're aiming at there's plenty of ways to do it although to jet's point like if you're watching some of these first amendment auditors it is certainly is an education in how to stand up for yourself. It is, yeah. mm, it is like like you might true. find like maybe you're not comfortable saying certain things, but you might find one of these auditors that says things that resonate with you. When you do this, never do it alone. A lot um, of them do it alone, yeah. but yeah, if you're brand new, you definitely don't want to go alone. But you know, some of these guys they are yeah. lone wolves and they're good at it. Yeah, it's dangerous is, though. It is. You're dealing with thing, rabid dogs, police. They could hurt you. Go ahead. Right. Yeah, they they could hurt you, put you in jail, rough you up, do all this kind of thing, and it's your 
your deal to try to figure it out. Anyway, and right. and if you lose, you know, your phone, either it breaks or they take it uh, in the process, then you have no record of what happened. Whereas yeah, if you yeah. have someone else there, like they can at least take a video of, uh, you know, the police breaking your phone, for example. Presuming they also don't get arrested. I mean, there's no perfect mm. solution when you're dealing with psychopaths. But go ahead, Judd. Okay. Okay. The other the other thing I want to mention is that, uh, and they always mention this too, is the sidewalk is your friend. Mm. In other words, if, you, if you're on a public sidewalk, um, you can video anything that you can see with your eye. And... Uh, if you're in a public building, um, unless it specifically says a restricted area, you can video anything that you can see with your eye. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And that, so that that reminds me to... of the, uh, the the drunken uh, you know philosophy, which is the floor is your friend because you can't <laughs> fall off the floor. <laughs> you can fall onto the okay. floor, but well, no worse. In um, at at reddit.com, there are a series of these. Under bad cop, no donut. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a great page. Uh, Minute auditors and the ones that are really fun are p- people like Jay's surreal something or other. And I don't see it on the list. There's no one lackluster. Um, James Freeman. I've uh, heard of James Freeman. Long Island audits. I don't like what he does as much. I mean, he's he's pretty bold and everything, but he. He seems to get emotionally involved, and that's the thing I would caution against also. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, trying to plead your case, so to speak, uh, rather than just speaking uh, assertively mm-hmm. and, and frankly. You know, a lot of people, but you, but you don't have to show your ID unless you're blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, just calm down. <laughs> you know, the thing is, if you believe that you're standing on it, then stand on it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, let's see. There's, yeah, just go to that list under reddit.com slash r slash bad cop no donut and you'll see a whole list yeah you'll be surprised if you actually do go and do this and i I agree with your recommendation jet you should go and do it with somebody else and if you don't have anybody else in your area you must not live in new hampshire so Mm -hmm. you may want to consider if you're a liberty-minded person migrating here to new hampshire so then if you want to go out and do this first amendment auditing because the more that's happening the better like it's great that we have at least a couple guys here doing this pretty regularly it'd be better if we had 10 of them right because you can go to different towns and different bureaucracies and and Mm -hmm. test them out and then come back six months later and test them out again and see if they've gotten better at at letting you you know stand up on your rights and be the press and be the media but yeah uh, yeah. uh, one of the things that i wanted to point out so um while in general never talk to police is like the rule of thumb and 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 any lawyer worth their salt will tell you that too you were doing some uh some gold back like johnny appleseed stuff at a concert last (laughs) night weren't you you want to tell that story real quick before we continue uh, with the calls yeah i went to see uh my first rock and roll heavy metal concert uh since covid Mm. ironically it was also the first concert that the headlining act had played since covid so you did play a rock show but i did you weren't seeing that one, right so I, I it wasn't yeah, i wasn't a spectator right, of that one. Right. i was a you know a participant but at any rate a three band bill and they were all like local bands so like this is manchester new hampshire. manchester new hampshire local bands uh the headliner was scissor fight mm-hmm. uh they're rather popular and they like nearly got signed in like the mid 90s and that kind of thing they're really good band yeah uh and so you know, each band went on, and I enjoyed their sets. You know, differently, they were little, slightly different styles, but all fit well together. And at the end of the night, I just sort of went around to all of the band members of each of the bands, and I was like, "Hey, 
I used to play in bands for like a couple of decades and I know what it's like to like not get paid at all or, you know, not what you're worth and that kind of thing. But I can guarantee you, uh, n- n- you've never been paid in gold before until today. And then I would hand them <laughs> each one gold back and they were just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like wow. it really and was. Yeah, they like, are. And this was just sort of a, just, you know, pay it forward. Like mm-hmm. let's introduce gold backs to like a whole different target demographic of people. Right. Cause I, I'm thinking like people into like stoner metal, you know, doom metal, you know, this sort of hard rock kind of, you know, like they're, they haven't been exposed to gold backs yet. You know, so like, but if they're from New Hampshire, there's a good chance they understand the value of gold. Not a one of them was like, I don't well, understand this, yeah. or like, no everyone thanks. understands the value of gold. You don't have to learn that gold is valuable. I mean, like, no one's ever been like sitting watching a pirate story and been like, I don't know why they're trying to get these gold like circles. I don't know what's going on. Or like, geez, they keep trying to get all these rubies and diamonds. I like, don't know why. Like, I've had uh, occurrences where I try to like leave a tip for like a, a wait person or a bartender uh, and i'm like hey would you prefer to be tipped in gold and you hand them a gold back and they refuse they're like no i don't want this i don't mm. you know like they don't none of these people were like oh no thanks <laughs> right they were like oh wow that's amazing oh yeah. what, really right. right they were like you're truly like gifted you know what i mean like they were they felt the gift that I was trying to give them. Nicely mm-hmm. done, you Captain. know. And so Did I, you intend that when you went there or was it just like a spur of the moment thing like, hey, I, I got some gold backs on me? Oh. I mean, I I try to carry gold backs, sure. you know, not, not all the time. But did like, you go to the concert to... with the intention of giving away gold backs or was it a spur I think of the I thought of it like while I was there. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I nice. had, I don't know, you know, 15 of them in my pocket or something <laughs> like that. And uh, I was just like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? Like, I mean, I had several cocktails and. I was feeling pretty good, you know, so it might have just been one of those like, hey, man, (laughs) you have some gold. Nicely done. I had a friend uh, in uh, Wichita that was involved in heating and cooling business, and his business was broken into. And uh, across the street, uh, one of our neighbors uh, was renting a business. He was doing auto detailing and stuff, Mm. and uh, they called the police. And our friend, he, he was a black guy, you know, and he had a white girlfriend. And when the police came, you know, they said, oh, we saw these people. They had a pickup, you know, took their tag number. And the cops arrested the white girlfriend. And when I came down there with my friend, I said, "What? what why didn't you go after these people? They said, oh, well, she had a warrant. And I said, well, she may have a warrant, but uh, here the call was made about a break-in and a robbery. And you're completely uh, ignoring that. Well, this is one of the reasons why it's a bad idea to identify yourself in circumstances where you are not obligated to, because whenever they ask for people's names, for instance, in a car or just on the streets, again, you do have to check with your local attorneys and laws and such. But in many cases, you're not obligated to identify yourself. If you're in a car, most places you're not obligated to show ID as a passenger. Only the driver is obligated uh, to do that. And so they just want to run everybody's names against a database and arrest as many people as possible. Well, and and one yeah. thing that's uh, worth worth finding out about is uh, the difference between uh, whether or not you are being detained yeah, versus being one. under arrest. So, like, yeah. there's free to go, there's detained, and there's under arrest, and those are three distinct categories with uh, different like uh, abilities that the police have in those specific. Things. Yeah, you're what's, always able to ask that question. What's the difference between detained and arrested? 
Um, it's so, subtle. So first and foremost is uh, arrested. They have to have probable cause. At least the last I checked, I, I'm no, I, I'm, I'm certainly not a professional in any of this. Sure. This is just, mm-hmm. just putting out the this the disclaimer. None of this is advice, legal or otherwise. A detention would be there yeah. investigating you to try to find probable right, cause. Right, right. Uh, if they have a uh, um, articulable, reasonable suspicion. suspicion. I have in my career made gotten many jobs because of my security clearance. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I end up in a job that requires a security clearance. But if I were in a job that required a security clearance and I were arrested, my security clearance would be suspended immediately. Okay, but it, what it, makes you think that you would be arrested for standing up for your rights and not talking to the cops? Because... Generally, the more you talk to the cops, the more likely you are to get arrested for something. I'm just saying that it depends on the situation. If they decide to arrest you anyway because they don't really understand what's going on, then the the result is still the same. I could still lose my job. And they don't know that, and they they don't care. Of course they don't. um, Anyone who has a job at a defense contractor, like the one I'm looking at getting a job at in Hookset, New Hampshire, Mm -hmm. um, would be very wary about joining any of the activist uh, events on the possibility that they could be swept up in a uh, a, a wide break, you know, a, wide, a kind of a, a mass arrest or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because that would I'd be wary her. about the moral implications of getting a job with a defense contractor. Yeah, I, I knew you. Somebody was going to bring that up. Well, you know, you uh, are helping murder people, so I I am helping other people effectively destroy other people i am and i understand that but you also got to keep in mind that uh, uh most of the jobs in a defense contractor are not actually the construction of the weapons themselves well but if and no one works if, for these people then they would have a tough time doing anything wouldn't they well uh, well the truth is is that i make one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year and if you I are did, a well play, well paid assistant murderer, I mean, evil does tend to pay pretty well. Well, as far as finding a path, I mean, like, so you do everything that you're used to doing, except you make sure that it's not with a defense contractor. Like, there are plenty of other companies that will value your experience with manufacturing that are not building weapons of war. I mean, even but working for a gun it. manufacturer, you know they've probably got deals with police departments around That's the country. So there's no way to totally, like, you know, get the blood off your hands. But the less blood that you can have uh, on, on your hands, the better. I know that in Keene, there's a place called uh, Samson Manufacturing that does gun accessories. Uh, so there's a bunch of manufacturers around here. The, what I would do is I would head up there to, you know, head to the job sites, the Indeed and Monster and all these places, and look around for uh, for the industry that you're looking for i mean right now there's no better time than right now that i've ever oh, seen yeah. to find, find a work. job yeah. and I mean, and this is temporary i assure you yeah these guys are desperate like, for for help every like, one of these manufacturers has signs out front of mm-hmm. their building like we'll hire you if you can fog a mirror please come work <laughs> for us if you're experienced we'll pay you well that kind of thing and this is a temporary circumstance so like if you look at the way that uh, that economics work and the way that uh, economic changes move through a society like the first thing that that gets hit are uh, are are valuables you know both in land and in uh, stocks now, eventually that gets down to products, 
And eventually after pro, which, which is, uh, you know, everyone's concerned about the inflation, like that's where the money has hit the products. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the, the it hits the job market. So people start demanding for higher and higher wages. And that makes them start looking, OK, well, which which jobs do we absolutely need people for? And we haven't really hit that point yet. Like right now we are in we're still basically in peak uh, job availability. So like now is the time to do it. I'm wondering if the uh, caller could apply his experience to like, I don't know, something uh, shipyard wise. Right. Because, you know, we have ports here in New Hampshire. That was literally one of my case. Yeah, that, that was what I was looking at. OK. okay. Granite, granite manufacturing. OK. Yeah, I would also uh, try. There's, if you're still on Facebook, as I understand it, the Free State Project at one time had a very busy jobs uh, board. Uh, Free State Project, something or other jobs. Uh, sorry, I don't remember the name of it. There's also the Free State Project has a Discord server, and there's a lot of people that are active there, mm-hmm. and they might be able to point you in in one direction or another. So, the, I mean, the best thing you can do is kind of get plugged in as far, as much as you can from afar. Greg Serby, a Free Stater. Um... In 2010, uh, he took me aside from a meeting I was at and reported to me secretly that um, the FBI was interrogating him because he had a security clearance. He was a free stater, but he had a security clearance. They used his security clearance to force him to answer questions. They had three FBI agents. Does having a security clearance mean you're obligated to answer police questions? Yeah, pressure is probably a better word than force. Okay. Uh, they they would have taken his security clearance. They threatened to take his security clearance away and cost him his job if he didn't answer their questions. Does that make sense? Okay. Acor- according according to Greg, mm. and he told me to keep that a secret until any unless something happened to him. And of course, he died last year, so that's why I that's why I publicized. Didn't they find uh, him in like in a ditch? Me. Like he didn't just die, die. He didn't just have a heart attack or something. Didn't he get thrown in a ditch or something like that, or in a river? Well, it was it was suspicious, right? It, you know, it yeah, was suspicious. Yeah, he lived in the Nashua area, mm-hmm. and, as I understand it, and losing. And this guy was young, by the way. I'd just like to clarify, I've yeah, met Greg. thrown into ditches, mighty suspicious. Yeah, I've, I've met Greg on a number of occasions. He used to be at all the Liberty Forums and Porcupine Freedom Festivals. He was, so, for a time, he was a well-seen Free State Project participant, and then he disappeared, and they found him much, you know, at some point later. There was some time where he was just gone, wasn't there? Yeah, but again, this was not, this is something that happened 10 years after the FBI interrogation. Right. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a connection. I don't know of one. But he did describe to me what happened, and so they had they met in a friendlies restaurant, uh, and there were three three agents. One of them watched his mouth the whole time he was talking, or watched his face. Another one mm. looked just looked down and took notes, didn't ever look up. And the other one asked the questions. So each person kind of had their own thing. And of course, they don't. My understanding is they don't record these things. No, they don't. Uh, in well, fact, if you were at the trial for our co-host Nobody back when he was known as Rich Paul, uh, when the FBI ap- apparently set him up to be arrested by the local police and then uh, tried to get him to wear a wire into the Keene Activist Center, there was because he refused to wear the wire, they prosecuted him because it would have dropped his charges had he cooperated with them. They prosecuted him, and that meant they had to actually call the FBI agent on the stand, and he said under oath that it's their policy, FBI agency policy, to not require record interviews with suspects with the people that they're interviewing and that way it's just the word of the agents on what you said so there's no actual record 
I wanted to uh, point out that uh, with the three agents, so what that one uh, that was just looking at his face was probably doing was uh, looking for micro-expressions and uh, other signs of uh, evasion or deception. Mm-hmm. So you'll have the... Yeah, that sounds... Yep. So you'll have the person questioning him, you'll have the person, you know, recording the questions and answers, and you'll have the other one uh, saying uh, that's that's looking to see if he's uh, lying at any point or if there's something that makes him uncomfortable so that they can, uh, you know, put their heads together and go, okay, well, this seemed to be something that made him uncomfortable. We need to go uh, further into that topic. Ridley, anything else you want to share tonight? I wish I had no more to... Just to pass on, but that's what I know. Yeah, I would love to hear what the people who are close to him actually believe yeah. about, you know, how he ended up in this circumstance. Because again, young man uh, seemed to be relatively pleasant and in good shape, but you never know what's but, going on in somebody's life. But let this illustrate for the listeners how dangerous freedom is, mm-hmm. particularly from the perception of government. Yeah. Right. Right. They see people who want more freedom for individuals to be dangerous to them. Sure. Mm -hmm. They've been investigating the free staters here for since the beginning. Right. So if you're going to join a bunch of other freedom loving people in a movement to gather more freedom, there is risk involved. Mm -hmm. There will be, uh, especially if you become successful. Yes. And it also illustrates the danger of being reliant on the government for your uh, your living. Right. Like, especially if you're reliant on them for your security clearance in order mm-hmm. to make a living. Because, okay, you are officially at that point, in all reasonable ways, a government agent. Yes. You are an FBI informant. You are whatever they need to make you at that point. So if you're going to rely on the state... When you join a movement that is trying to get free of the state, that does, I, I mean, it puts some real complications into your life. And what kind of a slave does that make you, Yeah, right? To, to know that, like, you are afraid of losing your livelihood because of what they might do to you because your life is so intertwined with them as an organization that they have that power over you. That makes you their slave. Fakeless, they're coming after you with bulldozers and dynamite. <laughs> That's how you get killdozers. Do you want killdozers? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, I remember Fildoza. That was cool. Oh, good God. What were you calling you about? You got me going. You got your, your thoughts, and uh, you got me going so many kind of sideways. <laughs> All right, as far as, Captain, as far as Captain handing out the gold bikes at that concert, that was cool. A buddy of mine used to run a company he called Global Silvers Investors. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did pretty good for a few years, went through a heinous divorce. But one time he was at a restaurant. And he used to carry around little 10-cent pieces, which is a tenth of an ounce, you know, and and quarters and, and full rounds, which is a full ounce, you know, troy ounce, 33.3 okay. grams, I think. But uh, anyway, he's, he's at this restaurant, and uh, he tries to pay in silver, like a $20 bill with a full round, which is spot value at that point, 32 mm-hmm. bucks. Okay. So a $12 tip. Big, big doings, right? So uh, the waitress, she doesn't want to accept it. Well, he says, bring Can't say manager. I'm surprised. Even the manager didn't want to accept it. Hmm. So, Can't I mean, say I'm surprised there either. And, and outnumbered by retards. <laughs> That's the current status of, you know, the general population of planet Earth is that 
a, a lot of folks have been so indoctrinated by public schooling by governments that they don't understand people would there was so we did a, a, a thing where some man on the street type video guy went around with i don't know what it was gold or something mark dice is his name he had a, either like a piece of gold and a piece of chocolate right and yeah. he'd offer them to people like, on the which street. one would you rather have and they're like, oh the chocolate because they have no idea <laughs> how much that gold was worth. Now, we don't well the, the other thing is look, i'm gonna play devil's advocate on sure. this one here uh, in your case major pain Maybe these are people who are probably not decision makers at the business. They didn't feel like they could decide to take something that was unusual in payment, even though they may have realized it was silver. They're not the boss. And so even the manager may not have been able to make a decision because he wasn't the owner. So that well, might I'd also been- like to point out that silver simply doesn't have the currency that gold does. This is like uh, 70, 72. I'm 10, 12 years old. All right. My old man's got a little two-seater Mercedes sports coupe, right? Yep. Thing that's convertible, pop topped off, little tiny rumble seat in the back. You could haul a skinny blonde in the back and a fat one in the front. Okay. Right? Nice. So he spends, we're going to go to Canada for a week. He's got one of them suction cup luggage racks to go on the trunk. And he's been meticulously packing this car for a week. Hmm. So we're heading across the Canada Bridge up there across the UP. And he'd already been hoorahed by these boys a couple of years before tearing his car apart and whatnot. And he was a lawyer. So he gets up to the bridge, and they start giving him this, yeah, well, we got a check room to carry your crime. When do you know what you're carrying? You got, might have bananas and tarantulas and stuff, right? <laughs> so uh, he says to these guys, he says, all right. He says, well, you can do what you got to do, but know this. I'm a lawyer. I spent a week packing this car. And when you tear it apart, you're going to put it back together. And that's going to be the way it is. Mm-hmm. So they went, mumble, grumble, bitch, gripe, and pulled a couple things out just to assert their authority, and uh, we were on our way. And this was the Canadians, but, just to clarify? Canadian border? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's uh, still kind of Canada amazing by- because I've never seen a police of any kind slowed down by the ver- the very thought of having to put anything back. But I guess that's because I'm not a first-class citizen. This like was also 1972. Yeah. But what else? Yeah. Was there more we to that story, like on Canada. the way back? No, we stopped going to Canada about uh, probably six years after that because they wanted to charge us either a hundred or a hundred and fifty dollars just to take an air rifle for plinking in camp. Oh wow, you can't do that these days, I bet, mm-hmm. at all. No, no, no. Probably can't take a squirt. You can't even hardly fart. Hmm. So there was no issue with the U.S. security on the way back? It was Canadian security that gave you all the problems? Yeah, we never got any flack on the way back. That's changed, too, by the way. Really? It's a lot harder to get back in. I think think once we had to pop the lid of the cooler and show them our fish, but that was about it. Ian, it's Keith. I'm helping Tom out. He's... uh, blind because of a retaliatory assault. He is a whistleblower who's helped tell the truth about a lot of things, and he's helped save not only people's lives, but he's helped people from going to prison. He's helped people from having their kids taken away by the state. And I wanted to let you know about a case, if we can get enlist the help of everybody to go to change.org. I think you can search Ron Macon, M-A-K-I-N, and that's about a um, the the title of that website 
on change.org is justice for innocent Ron Macon for baseless gasoline arson charges. Okay, what does that mean? Well, he was wrongly accused. He was accused by uh, city fire and police uh, investigators who wrongly accused him of arson, and he was basically charged with 52 counts of attempted homicide. And he did not commit the crime. The miracle, though, is that Tom, who I have on the phone with me, happened to be his neighbor Mm -hmm. and was able to, he's a scientist, and he's able to find basic evidence that what their, the story of the prosecutors and the police and the fire department was not correct Hmm. about the evidence. So are and they saying very, that he set his own house on fire or somebody else's? It was an apartment complex, mm-hmm. and there were 52 other residents in okay. the apartment complex in Utah. Okay, what's that? We, I think Tom's trying to speak there. Tom, what's that? His own apartment complex. I see. So uh, what can you reveal about this, Tom, that our listeners ought to know? Can Can we first give the website that'll give a good explanation of it. The easiest website is carpetfire.com. Okay. Carpetfire.com. It'll open up to the Meadows Fire, which is the Meadows is the name of the apartment complex in Bountiful, Utah, where Tom is. All right. So, Tom, what is it that you can share uh, with our audience here that they should know about this situation? Well, the curiosity was the uh, the alleged uh, arsonist, Ron Macon, was literally a half a mile away from the property when the fire erupted. Okay. But because he's a handicapped individual with speech difficulties, expression difficulties, and earlier that day, after going to the gas station and a water well, he still got, where he spilled gasoline on his clothes from a water container that is idiot brother-in-law had given to him. They said he was the arsonist because he simply smelled of gasoline, dry gasoline, by the way, two hours old, Mm. and the fact that he couldn't explain himself. And the other thing was that the women in this facility are gossip mongers, and they already had hate for this man because he would get after them when they got after his blind or his nearly blind wife. And by the way, when you see this website and the video of the fire, you're going to say, are they joking? That's not gasoline. That's a low molecular weight flammable or inflammable, if you want to call it that way, because it's invisible flame initially till it starts to burn debris. But it looks like a row of candles down a hallway. I'm talking about birthday cake candles. And the people in the facility were able to walk by the fire. If that was a cup of gasoline spread through 40 feet of hallway, nobody would be able to actually feel comfortable in that hallway at all. And you would have known it because of the flash that occurred. 
This seems like a really right. dedicated, uh, like a really informative website. I'm yeah, looking at Meadows Fire. I've been looking at it this entire time since yeah. he mentioned the URL, and it's well documented. Yeah, there's a lot of information here. Anybody that's interested in this should check out the uh, the site MeadowsFire.com. Apparently, this man was convicted. Uh, as I see it here, he was fortunately not sentenced to uh, any serious time in prison, if any at all. But you, you guys are trying. Is he appealing this decision? We, neither I nor he has any money. Mm-hmm. And you remember that statement, you get all the justice you can pay for. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I know the judge knew because we've been publishing this story from the beginning for four and a half years. Wow. So the public has been aware. They got this. In fact, the Channel 4 TV, uh, Marcos Ortiz graciously put the story on his show about law and people got to see him run walking into this hallway trying to put the fire out what's really interesting this gentleman was a former military hero Mm. he was in kuwait and he was trained in paramedic skills trained in public safety he actually was hired as a security guard and he was in search and rescue So when this fire occurred, and he just happened to walk into the building at the very moment the fire alarm sounded, he right away called the 911. Wow, so he called it in. Did you guys see the image of this Zelensky character wearing, like, join the dark side t-shirt? No. Oh, my God. You didn't see, no, you didn't I, see this? I, I thought you were wow. going to talk about how like they were advertising like uh, let's see, Mark Hamill got involved we in did the drone that. program, and yeah, like yeah. Uh, they they were like advertising with an X wing that was like half blue and half uh, yellow, yeah, yeah. and Mark Hamill joined the dark side. Yes, yes, he did. So here is a T-shirt oh I'm showing you guys in the studio, and we can describe it. This is a shirt that Zelensky wow. was photographed wearing, and it's says. Come to the dark side. The D and the A in the words dark side are colored the Ukrainian colors. colors, It's got imagery of like what looks like some badass soldiers in kind of Star Wars getups. You've got the looks like a tank in the background, some sort of armored personnel carrier. There's X-wing fighters flying through the air. There's uh, Tie fighters in the air as well, and at the very bottom, there's like what looks like an just sort of a normal astronaut uh, suit that's sort of in the ground. Right. Yeah. And it says beneath that, "Dominate or die." And apparently, this is uh, Zelensky, and he's wearing it in this image, which, you know, maybe it's faked or whatever, but he's in front of a green screen in one of his little photo shoots uh, that he has. Kind of weird, you know? know? I mean, why would you... It used to be a joke. How do you know when when you're the baddies, right? You have all the, the coolest stuff, mm-hmm. right? Or, or the, you know, best stuff or the most evil-looking mm-hmm. stuff, Yeah, you know? Uh, but it's true. It's not. It's not a joke. It's true. You're, you're the baddies when you're the empire. And here he is saying, come to the dark side? What's Why well, would they just throw... They're just throwing it in, in your face at this point. Yeah. Yeah, they are. So, I mean, like, the, the, this is actually, like, a, a, a topic of heated debate among conspiracy theorists of, like, why do they always have to brag about this stuff? Mm-hmm. 
And some people think that it is just uh, a matter of like, see, Hubris. I can get away with this. Yeah. Trolling. You can't stop me. They're yep. trolling everybody else. And other people believe that uh, they actually have to get your permission on an unconscious level in order to get away with as much as they do. Hmm. And I, I can see both, both of theories those. are interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they both make a certain amount of sense to me. I mean, certainly they get away with what they get away with because we do not push back. And I mean, you see what happens when we actually push back. I mean, like, look at what happened with PayPal. Like, they got pushed so far back that not only did they undo the, like, $2,500 for saying a thing that we disagree with, mm -hmm. but they also, like, pretended it was an accident. Oops, That's sorry, true. our bad. Yeah, I... I mean, I don't know. Like to me, I I think it's more of a you know the magic glowing box, right? They they put something on the magic glowing box. They say it in a specific way. They repeat it a number of times, and then they go out and act as if that's what actually happened. That's that's sort of their black magic, their voodoo, if you will, their 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 power over you. So in that extent, it's more of a you know I think an intentional thing. But they have to be ahead of the curve with regards to that. You know, if it comes out that 90% of this or whatever is not going to fighting Russia, then they will still be a little bit less happy about sending the next 10, 12 Maybe. trillion all but if it, it turns out that Zelensky's been snorting cocaine off of hookers' uh, rear ends with this money, there's still going to be a bunch of people who say, you know, he needs his time off, and we have to pay. You know, we have to pay for it because he's got to have under, recreation too. Yeah, you know. he's under a lot of stress. It's sure, okay for the first forty percent of it. Sure. <laughs> But, like, at some point, at some point, handing it over to your friends that aren't helping you win a war against Russia, because, of course, you're not actually trying to win no. a war against Russia, just trying to carry on a war against Russia. Well, all right, so let's just say that, quote, the people, unquote, uh, got tired of it, right? Like, okay, we don't want any more money going to the Ukraine or anywhere else for mm -hmm. that matter, right? And, and they all go, okay, stop. What's going to happen? Uh, the politicians will do whatever they want, which is continue to send money to Ukraine because Bingo. they know that people aren't going to be able to do anything about it unless they diversify their value that they've created, take it out of the dollar or the euro or whatever it is that's being sent there and put it into things like gold, silver, or cryptocurrency, some other alternatives that the government cannot easily access. That's really the only thing you can do personally because begging politicians is not going to change this likely. Well, the last time that I saw a widespread outbreak of fiscal responsibility, I woke up. <laughs> I was going to say, the last time? Yeah. Was there a first time? The numbers are not looking so good for the European Union this wintertime. We've been talking about how the Russian natural gas has been essentially cut off. Uh, first, Russia in... Well, it, it, it's all a matter of perspective. I mean, like, if you're an undertaker in Europe, now is a great time for you. This is going to be an amazing winter. <laughs> Big season. Yeah. Like, you can triple your prices this winter, man. You are going to be stocked. Well, already people's gas and electric bills have been tripling in price, at least in many cases, sometimes 5, 6, yeah. 10x or more. Uh, and that's making business very, very hard to handle. And this is as cold temperatures are starting to set in an early uh, set of numbers out of Germany where they've been trying to cut back on energy usage, determined that in an early cold snap this year compared to previous <laughs> no one's years. No doing no, anything. Compared to previous years, Germans are 
increasing their energy use. So they're, they're supposed to be cutting back by 10 to 15 percent. Instead, they're higher than the average over the last five years by by 15 percent. You think people are just feeling colder because they know the, What's the prices are coming? Uh, according to ZeroHedge.com, things are now getting desperate in Europe. The continent's energy crisis is so dire that Poland and Germany are now circling a liquefied natural gas project off the coast of Senegal, one that is months away from even producing anything. The African field, which is projected to contain about 15 trillion cubic feet of gas, and that is close to half the total volume of liquid natural or liquefied natural gas used in the U.S. in 2021, is only 80% complete and won't be ready to produce until the end of next year. But now that Russia has halted natural gas exports to Europe, the EU is thirsty. The Kremlin announced it would keep the gas tap shut off until the collective West lifted sanctions against the country. That means that 40% of EU natural gas supply is now offline indefinitely. There's one problem. Replacing 40% of the natural gas supply won't happen overnight. The European Commission estimates a total cost of 210 billion euros into infrastructure supporting new gas supplies, including new liquefied natural gas import terminals, to eliminate the continent's energy dependence on Russia. And even these aggressive investments won't allow Europe to fully replace Russian energy supplies until 2027. I have a potential. That's a long time. I have a potential solution. They could all just get together and snuggle. It's getting bad enough that the Greens in Germany are uh, are endorsing nuclear power I've again. I've seen it. Even Greta Thunberg apparently has mm-hmm. changed her mind about nuclear power. All yeah, of a sudden, that. now yeah, she wants the, to keep the I mean, All the German her, environmentalists like, are know. like, yeah, okay, go ahead. I mean, <laughs> I know that we have been pathologically against nuclear power in the entire world but now that it might get cold yeah well france i believe has been in support of nuclear power to some for some time they actually have nuclear facilities there (laughs) mother nature changes these Mm -hmm. bastards politics that's amazing well and and i mean it's not like this is actually working like what this actually does is okay you're just making india and china buy a bunch of russia's oil then sell it to you at a higher price right yeah that's what's still buying oil from russia right you're just cutting in india and china yeah you've put several middlemen in between yeah, more middlemen and more time because it takes time to send the product to China first and put it price. on ships, mm-hmm. and then ship it through the Suez Canal, presumably all the way over to Europe, right. and then load it onto whatever trucks or platforms that right. you do from there. So that's really expensive. And everybody takes a chunk of profit yeah, along oh, the yeah. line, so it raises oh, yeah. the price because mm-hmm. they all got to pay each other. Well, and so Zero Hedge makes an interesting conclusion here. They add some details, and that is that over the past ten years. The United States' natural gas production has risen over 50%. Mm-hmm. They say that now today America makes more natural gas than any other country, and as the U.S. exports more LNG, their gas markets domestically are going to be increasingly linked to international prices. That's why U.S. natural gas now trades at the highest level since 2008 at over $12 per thousand cubic feet. And guess what's happening to our power bills as a result of that? Going up. Everything's mm-hmm. going up. 
And well, so, I mean, basically what this entire move has done is target the American and European economy for destruction. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's what happens when you when you put these sanctions on. People can't afford any of this, right. which I mean, Prices OK, uh, we, we're already going through a global financial meltdown. Right. Let's make sure to pile on to that. Well, right. We're already costs. having the supply issues, right? Supply chain issues. We, we've got a, inflation is one factor and yep, yep. why prices are going up, because remember, inflation is an increase in the money supply. Prices tend to go up as yep. a result. And this point about America being the top liquefied natural gas seller on the planet makes me wonder could the United States federal government have been behind the Nord Stream 2 pipeline bombing to ensure that mm. Europe has a difficult time this winter and they, guarantee some business to be sent over right. to the U.S.? Well, I guarantee you, if it wasn't the U.S., it was one of the U.S.'s allies. Mm-hmm. The easiest way to increase your sales is to decrease your competitor's ability to do their sales. Indeed. So, I don't know. Maybe that's what happened. It also is suspicious that Joe Biden said in February of this year that if Russia invades Ukraine, that they would take out the Nord Stream 2 pipeline somehow. And wouldn't you know, they invaded Ukraine and someone took out Nord Stream 2. I mean, maybe you could connect one to the other. I don't know. Well, nice certainly... pipeline you got here. It'd be a shame yeah. if something <laughs> would have happened to it. Yeah. One thing's for certain, he did not sniff the Nord Stream 2 line. Are you sure? Well, or at least that wasn't the cause of the breaking. I mean, hmm. like, I know they call ships by female names, and given that that Nord Stream 2 was only a few years old, like, oh, you never my. know. It's oh, in my. his wheelhouse, in his age range. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's basically the story. Things <laughs> are not looking good old. there in the European Union. Central bank digital currencies could be making matters worse, though, uh, economically for people. And, uh, could Peakless, be? Peakless Mountain. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, <laughs> because they're oh, going they to will. they're going to allow the governments that of the world point of existence is to like you know make yeah I, people's I, lives worse. I, I gotta say, like it, it is worth reiterating that there are really two concerns in the world that are worth paying a significant amount of attention to. One is we are on the edge of nuclear oblivion right now, so there's that. Yeah, it's nothing new. And the other is the central <laughs> bank digital the currency. Because, I mean, if you think they have control over your life now, <laughs> mm-hmm. just you wait. A bail-in is where, so you've got, uh, you, you've got money in an account, mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a bank. I mean, that's what we think of this as, right, is I have money in a bank. Now, that's not real. That's mm-hmm. how we think of it, but that's not the truth. Right. The truth is the bank has an account that has your name on it. Yes. But it's their account. Correct. If right. they decide that it's a different number, then it's a different number. So in countries that aren't the U.S., so they actually have to, like, get the money for their stuff somewhere some of the time uh, because they're not the, the global reserve currency. So there's actually an effect when they print too much money. So one of the things that they can do to save themselves at a certain point is just steal a certain amount from the people who have their money in uh, in bank accounts. Oh, interesting. I've never heard the term bail-in. Normally mm-hmm. I hear that called a haircut. A uh, haircut is uh, haircut's weird. Like a, a, any loss whatsoever is considered a haircut. So, like, uh, if you, you know, uh, I invested in that stock at 100, and uh, I had to sell it at 80, so I took quite a haircut on that yeah, one. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but when it comes to banks, 
the term haircut is usually used to describe when a government comes into the banking system mm. and says, all right, 10% right off the top. Mm. And every account loses 10% of whatever they had in it, and it goes into the government's coffers. Mm-hmm. So that is what you're describing as a bail-in. Yeah. Hmm. So now uh, it, you can do it that way, or you can be like, okay, well, only the accounts over $50,000. Sure, that way it's only the rich. 10% of those, yeah. uh, or, yeah. or whatever have you. So not only will a central bank digital currency make that unbelievably easy. Right, it'll be a button press. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, there's all sorts of wacky stuff that they can pull on you once they've got this in their centralized system. So one of the things that they are almost certainly going to do very quickly after they implement this, if it succeeds, is that they will uh, basically put a reverse interest on your money. Or they will hold, only hold, hold allow on. it wait, to wait, be... Wait, wait. Yeah. Reverse interest, yeah. meaning you would pay Meaning them? like you lose 10% if you leave this that's, here yeah, for a year. That's a taxation. That's not reverse interest. All the talk about the Nord Stream pipeline and natural gas and such. Um, I'm actually, uh, weird to say this now because I change of life, but um, I'm a uh, environmental scientist by degree. Hmm. Uh, but before that, um, I was interested in, in uh, natural gas and things, and I stumbled across uh, what would be considered biomethane. So I'm Cow 35 farts? years old. Could be Calfart. Pig and, uh, I'm Or rotten garbage. Old, right? And uh, many people, uh, I reference it being the Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> uh, that world actually exists. Or oh, don't know I've anything about methane. Run. Can you shovel pig ass? Let, I can uh, finish. I can run um, generators off of it. I've ran an air conditioner from it. I've run small engines on it. I've converted a lawnmower to run off of it. Hmm. And I do it all in my backyard, but yet these people were complaining about how they're going to be cold all the winter. Mm. I just take food scraps and grind them up and throw them out there in the digester, and there we go. I cook for at least three to four hours a day from this stuff, and it's all free. Yeah, I've seen uh, some, uh, we'll call them prepper websites, that kind of thing, where folks are using technology similar to this, or at least like home hacking websites where something you described sounds very familiar to what I've seen, which is somebody just builds a, a regular compost pile mm-hmm. you know, in their backyard or whatever, and all their food scraps or whatever just goes into that pile. But what they do is they put a, uh, a copper tube, you know, a swirl of copper tubing uh, mm-hmm. inside of the compost pile, and they connect you know, a hose to it with a small solar-powered pump. And what that does is it'll, uh, uh, they hook it up to like the uh, flooring uh, – I'm trying to remember the name of it uh, – the beneath your wood floors, they put little pipes, the little floors. hoses, the heated floors. Yeah. And so they just connect that up, and that heats their house. So the compost pile heats mm-hmm. the water. Right, that even in the winter, house. because compost is an organic uh, process, mm-hmm. right? So it's always generating heat. And so wow, as long as the amazing. water continues to flow through this heated mm-hmm. thing, and it's heating the water in the copper coil, and then being passed back into the house, it heats the floors, and it's able to heat wow. you know, a structure. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. 
If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.